0: what I did when I found out that I had PCOS. Hi, I'm Erin. I am a fertility dietitian and I flipped out a little bit when I learned that I had PCOS. Welcome to season three of Hormone Bestie. We are here. So it's been a couple months since we have chatted and I am looking forward to getting back on a weekly basis with you. As always, I am honored to be a part of your day and I hope that this podcast can serve you in a multitude of ways. Whether you are trying to understand your body, get pregnant, to survive this insane world that we live in, I'm here for it and I'm in it with you and I'm here for you. I'm really excited about this season because I think it's gonna be a little bit different. I'm gonna be talking some more about my stories, what I've been going through, what my clients have been going through, and we're just gonna get a little bit deeper and talk a little bit more about stuff that maybe you've been experiencing really dive deep into some things. And today we're going to get up close and personal because last year I was told that I have PCOS. And while for a while I suspected that this could be the case, it really did hit me. And it hit me pretty hard. And even though I knew all of the things that I needed to do, putting them into practice and feeling confident in that process was actually really difficult for me. So I want to share my personal experience with y'all in case that maybe you're in the same position. As a friendly reminder, these podcasts are for educational purposes only, and they are not meant to be used as personalized guidance or advice. If you are going through anything with your hormone health, with your fertility, and you are looking for support, you are looking for a bestie, you are looking for guidance, I would love to chat with you more about what that could look like. You can always go to the show notes and tap the link to answer a questionnaire so that we can talk more about what it looks like to work together so that you can finally feel supported in your body, in your nutrition, and in your hormone health and fertility. So, first things first, I freaked out. I immediately started thinking about everything this meant because I have PCOS. Now I have a higher risk for heart disease, diabetes, gestational diabetes, and at the rate of it, my anxiety was going to be through the roof if I continued with this obsessive spiral. And I think that this happens to a lot of people because it can be really frustrating and overwhelming to be told that you have a diagnosis. And sometimes the first response is like, okay, great, there's another thing wrong with me. And I want to encourage you to let yourself feel those feelings because I think that it's valid. But then I also want you to remind yourself that there's not something wrong with you. Sometimes our bodies just go through things. They just go through things and sometimes it's really difficult, but you are strong and you are worthy and you are deserving of care and love for yourself, no matter what your body is going through. And a mindset shift that I think can be really helpful in these situations is that it's not that there's something wrong with my body. It's not that my body is bad. This situation sucks, but my body doesn't suck. I don't suck, right? This situation is tough, but I myself am not the problem. But that's the thing. (laughs) I got really upset and we never really know how we're going to react to something until it actually happens to us. And I had suspicions. I mean, I knew something was going on. I went to my doctor's appointment with all of my data about everything that was happening. My really rapid weight gain, my uncontrollable acne, my cycles that were progressively getting longer and longer. And I still felt overwhelmed with a list of lab tests to get and an ultrasound on the calendar. But that's the thing about PCOS and any sort of hormonal concerns is you really do have to look into things before you get any real answers. And for a long time, I think that people have just been told like, oh, you probably have PCOS and then never really looked any further or were simply given birth control and a solution and a band-aid to the issue. And I think that that's also frustrating. I've had clients come to me saying I was told that I probably have PCOS, but nobody really looked any further, and I think that that's changing, and I'm really thankful that it's changing, because once you know kind of what's going on, you can take action, and you know what to look into. You know if you need to look into your blood sugar management. You know if you need to check into your cholesterol. You know if you need to check into maybe some other risk factors that might occur if you do have PCOS. So once I went through some lab testing, had labs done, and all of that good stuff, then we were able to move on. And I want to talk about some of the things that I did nutritionally, but also just lifestyle-wise. So number one, I really dialed in my blood sugar management. So there is some level of blood sugar issues a lot with PCOS. And not that this is the case for everyone, it definitely plays a role for a lot of people. And I think you all know that I think that blood sugar support is important for literally everybody, but especially if you think that you might have some level of hormone imbalance going on, or you might have PCOS. So things that I focused on were building balanced plates. Okay. And I always encourage this, but building a balanced plate means having protein, having carbs, having non-starchy vegetables, and including healthy fats. Including all of these things is going to help keep your energy levels much better. It's going to help support healthy, balanced blood sugar levels, and it's going to help keep you full longer and just make you feel better and more energized. I made sure to pair all of my foods, and both of these things were things that I was already doing, but I made sure to make them an extra priority and really focus in on them because they are so key. And what I mean by pairing my foods is that anytime I had carbs, I made sure that I had a protein with them. The last thing was having snacks at night more than dessert. So this was a modification that I made and not that dessert is bad, right? Like I love dessert as next, as much as the next girl, but I was having a lot of dessert, a lot of time. And what was happening was I wasn't pairing my dessert. I wasn't pairing like my ice cream with a protein all the time. Um, I had gotten kind of lax with that if we're being completely honest And so something I really made a conscious effort of was, okay, I'm going to have more of a hearty snack at night. Not that I can't have ice cream and stuff when I want it, but I'm going to have an actual hearty snack so that I feel better when I wake up in the morning. So some things that I would have are like cheese and crackers or cheese and fruit. I really like cheese before bed. Um, Sometimes I do kefir with some fruit and granola. Dairy can also just be super supportive for sleep as well. So that is often a good idea. With this, I also noticed that then I started waking up more hungry in the morning, which is always a good thing. Waking up hungry in the morning, not starving, but just having an appetite in the morning is a sign that your metabolism is working how it's supposed to and that your hormones are working how they're supposed to and you're not just running on stress hormones all the time. So another thing that I really focused in on with supplements And I made sure to choose supplements that I knew would be beneficial to me, but also beneficial for the stage that I was currently at. What does that mean? What does it mean beneficial for the stage that I was currently at? So with that, we knew we were trying to get pregnant. And so I also didn't want to be taking anything that could potentially be bad if I did get pregnant. One of these is ovacidol. So inositols are super, super helpful in PCOS inositols are really just a form of carbohydrate, So I've talked about these in previous podcast episodes, but when it comes to PCOS, we have a few different types of inositols that are in our body. So we have d and myoinositol, and they hang out in our body in a certain ratio. And sometimes in PCOS, you can have sort of a dysregulation of that ratio, a misbalance of that ratio. And so supplementing with that can be incredibly helpful and supplementing with that in the correct ratios. So ovicidal is just one example of this. There are different supplements with this as well. And of course, as with all supplements, it's super, super important to make sure that you talk with your doctor or dietitian before starting or stopping any supplements because different supplements react differently for different people, but they also can work with medications differently. And it's important to make sure that you're getting what you personally need. But the ovicidal, honestly, I noticed a huge difference in my energy levels, but also this made a really big difference with my acne, you guys. The next was vitamin D. So the other thing is that we have moved and we also live in the Northern part of the country. So with that, We're not getting vitamin D the same from the sun as we are in the winter that you normally would during the summer. So supplementing with vitamin D, depending on where you live, can be really helpful. It's also one that is just shown to be helpful in PCOS in general. The next is a probiotic. So this was one that I had taken before and then I had stopped and I could definitely tell some differences with my GI health, with how I was feeling. So this is something that I started again and has definitely been beneficial. On occasion, I take a B-complex. B-complexes can be incredibly beneficial for estrogen metabolism and can also be just helpful for energy levels as well. And the last was fish oil. So fish oil or some sort of omega-3 that has DHA and EPA is always suggested for pregnancy and it can be really helpful for fertility as well. But taking fish oil is also beneficial for inflammation. All of these supplements can also be beneficial for blood sugar regulation and balance as well. Those were the ones that I sort of focused on. Number three, my skincare. <laughs> so my skin was one of the most frustrating parts of this journey and to be completely honest, still is. I had horrible cystic acne. And so here's the thing with this. I never had acne in my whole life. And then when I went off of birth control in my early twenties, all of a sudden I had a cystic acne all around my jawline. It was horrible. It was uncomfortable, so painful. And it seemed like nothing I did was helping it. So from there, I went to the dermatologist. I got put on a retinol. And the topical retinol made the biggest difference. But then I ran out of it and I didn't find a new dermatologist. And I was also just kind of wanting to get to the root of this and having a little bit better understanding. Also with the knowledge that once I get pregnant, I will not be able to use the retinol. So I kind of wanted to have some different solutions as well. The ovocidal was super helpful for this. My blood sugar balance has been huge, has made a really big difference along with some of the other supplements as well. Another thing that's been helpful is mandelic acid. So this is just like a gentle exfoliant. And then another one, salicylic acid face wash, which has been super helpful as well. I am not an esthetician. These are just the things that have worked for me. Skincare is not my specialty whatsoever, but girl to girl, person to person, I am just sharing some of the things that I have been working on and been going through with this journey. Okay. The last one was hirsutism. So this is the hair growth that really shows up kind of in the places where you would have male pattern hair growth. So really around like my lips a little bit, a little bit like on my jawline. This I'm getting ready to try dermaplaning. I haven't done it yet. So make sure to follow along on Instagram because I'll probably share more about this journey a little bit on there. I'm super nervous for it, but I also am sort of excited to have some sort of solution for this. But here's the thing is I have always been told that you're not supposed to dermaplane if you have acne. So I've been really working on my acne to get that better so that then I can do this. I feel lucky because my hair is very blonde, but it's definitely been very noticeable to me and it has definitely been a huge insecurity for me. The last thing, lifestyle and exercise wise, I have really, really been focusing on supporting my inflammation and my stress levels with my lifestyle so this has looked like prioritizing my morning and my nighttime routine i make sure that i get good sleep i make sure that my body is rested if i don't get good rest i am not working out really hard so i've also been training for a half marathon i have been a runner for like the last 10 years you may have been told that you should not be doing hard cardiovascular exercise if you have pcos that is not true You should be doing whatever feels good for you and whatever is best for your body. Exercise has to be personalized. That being said, strength training is incredibly beneficial for PCOS because of the beneficial effect that it has on blood sugar balance. Strength training can be super, super helpful. So I have been doing a combination of strength training, running course training for my half marathon coming up and trying to keep both of those things in check. So really that looks like I run Four days a week, and I go to the gym about three days a week, and I take at least one to two days completely off from exercise a week. And maybe I'll do some walking or hanging out playing with Rosie, that sort of thing. But that's about it. I have also been really working on limiting my caffeine, (laughs) even though coffee is life. Okay, but I've been limiting that. I've actually been drinking more green tea as well and matcha just in an effort also to get more antioxidants in, okay? So green tea can also be really beneficial for PCOS. Green tea is beneficial for a number of reasons, but getting those antioxidants can be incredibly supportive too. With regards to my stress levels, exercise, my morning routine, my nighttime routine have been really big. Similarly, making sure that I am eating regularly. I've talked about this before, but how you eat plays a role in the stress on your body because if you're not eating regularly regularly, your body feels that stress. It's important. I've also (laughs) been working so hard on (laughs) my mental stress because there's a lot. There's a lot for everybody, right? We live in a stressful world. Health is stressful. Life is stressful. Work is stressful. Relationships are stressful. This is the world that we live in. We can't get out of it. So things that I do, I journal, I read my Bible, I meditate every once in a while. I take time to really sit with myself and let myself be, but try to understand why I feel certain things. Something that I did for a long time was when I started to feel emotions, I would push them away because I felt like my emotions were not the part of me that people liked And as a result, I was like, well, I should just stop feeling these and try to push them away. That doesn't work, right? We know that. But something that I have been working on is feeling those emotions, letting myself process them, letting myself get through them so that I can come out on the other side and understand what I'm going through, why I'm going through it and learn something from it and get benefit from it. The last thing I want to share that I've been doing is I've really been finding community. Like I said, we moved. I've been working on making friends, finding new people, which is so difficult as an adult, especially when you work at home. I don't think we realize how much we rely on our environment for friendships until we don't have a work environment where that's happening. That is something that I've really been working on personally but also really leaning into my current friendships that I had before we moved and leaning into friends who are in the same business as me and spending time talking with them, making appointments, making dates to hang out with them, to talk with them, to have a zoom call with them, to just share what's going on in life, express how we're feeling. You know, and some of these people I'm talking about hormone health stuff with some of them, I'm talking about the PCOS stuff, some of them fertility, even if you are not talking about maybe some of the hard stuff going on, just having that community plays a really big role. And something that I learned recently is that having friends and having community is actually one of the best things that you can do for longevity is that being around people is one of the absolute best things you can do to live a long life. Also to live a happy life, We want to have good, healthy, long, prosperous lives that we can look back and be proud of. We want to have strong bodies. We want to have a healthy mind. We also want to make sure that we are loving others, we are supporting others, and that we are getting those things in response as well so that we can have the long, healthy lives that we deserve. So if this is something that you have been thinking about considering, I just encourage you to reach out to the people in your life to search for new friendships if you need new friendships and to really prioritize other people and community in your life. That has been the start of my journey, but I wanted to share this for the first episode because it's something I've been going through, but because it's also something I know a lot of other people are going through. Um, And I want to just share how it's been for me and to let you guys know that I am not perfect in this journey. I am nowhere near perfect, right? None of us are. We are human. And so if you're ever feeling let down, if you're ever feeling frustrated because you feel like maybe you're not doing enough. Maybe you feel like you need to do more. You need to work harder. You need to do this. You need to do that. The best thing you can do is slow down. Give yourself a reminder that you are strong. You are worthy. You can do this. Hold on and keep doing your best to support your body every single day because all you can do is take it one moment at a time. And with that, I hope you have a lovely week. I'm so excited for the next episode next week because we have a wonderful guest. We are talking about Night shift nutrition, night shift lifestyle habits, how to support your body, how to support your health, your hormone health, and your fertility if you are working night shift because this is important. This does matter. Have a lovely week and happy hormones.